Hey, what up? It's Mark Carter. I'm the pastor of Fierce Church. Welcome to our podcast. I'm so pumped that you're able to join us today. I hope this encourages you, inspires you, strengthens you, gives you hope to keep pressing on. And it's my prayer that this sermon gives you a more expansive view of God's love for you. Enjoy the message. I want to talk to you today about what's next for our church. There's a lot of talk about coming back to church right now, but the truth is the church hasn't gone anywhere. It's weathered far greater storms than this in the past. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to be diving into don't call it a comeback because the church didn't go anywhere. Let's review some of the places, though, that we've been seeing God win in our midst during this past four or five months. First, just consider our digital experience. Because of a team of communicators, technicians, worship people, God has empowered us to create an experience that is entirely shareable. This has made digital just more legit, and now it's seen as a viable option for Sunday morning. I don't know, man. I feel like if you would have gone back six months ago and said, we're just going to have it in completely online church Um, People would have been like, that's not a real church. But now it is definitely an accepted part of what we do. And by God's grace, we're getting better and better at it. People who had been at one point also a part of the Fierce community are now actually reconnecting even when they're in other states. We've had people tell us friends and family are now able to watch and like they're moving forward in their walk with Christ because we've been able to do this. Let's talk about for those to come. While you've been away, we have seen some significant upgrades happen right here where I am in our church building. We've seen the Fierce Kids, or as you used to know at the Wonderland Lobby, move forward. It's much more aesthetically open and beautiful, and there's more to do in the coming year, but this is going to do great for now, and I can't wait for some of you to get back and see it. But because everything was shut down, there was a lot of room for us just to take our time and get that thing done. In addition, this digital media studio that I'm in right now um, is a result of the past few months and not only are needing to do something with it, but we just happen to be positioned to be able to do it as well financially because of for those to come. So thank you to everyone who has been making that possible. Guys, I also just want to congratulate you during this COVID season. You've given thousands of dollars to help people in extreme duress as a result of the pandemic. We're hearing testimonies from people that in this season, they were just hit so hard with job loss or difficulties. And because of your generosity and God's power, we've been able to position them much better. A member of our church also has been telling us about, um, you know, just the unexpected blessings that have been a part of being away from church, being out in the community, being out in the neighborhood, connecting with neighbors, connecting with friends in a different way just because they can't go to church. In some ways, they're forced to be with other people, and that has worked for the good of the gospel. There's also, uh, I remember one gal said, just Zoom meetings themselves, which I know probably most people are learning to not necessarily always look forward to. Zoom meetings themselves has caused greater connections within our church because you're just kind of in a Zoom meeting with multiple people. You never talked to them before, and now you get to be together. So, I mean, all I'm saying is there's all kinds of ways that we are thankful for how God has been with us. He's allowed us to participate in what He's been doing all around us. And we are just so thankful that despite the hardship, God has been with us. 
Even so, it's not time to rest on our laurels. This season has also served to highlight some realities we need to think soberly about. COVID has not only made people less likely to attend church, but less likely to return to church even when everybody quote unquote comes back together. People are less likely to engage others with their faith and they're less likely to stay spiritually aggressive themselves. Notice this Barna image. They've done so many studies over the years on the state of the church, but check it out. It doesn't matter if you go by generation or just sheer numbers. Between 2009 and 2012, there has just been a steady decline since those times till now. People are not going to church the way they used to, and there's no reason to think this trend won't continue. In an increasingly tense world, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only answer to the failings of secularism. That's what we're seeing. Secularism has run its course in our world right now. We're seeing the evaporation of things like forgiveness and meaning and transcendence. And so here's the question. Why should we wait indefinitely for others, including those far from God, to take the initiative to come back to church if our only strategy is come and see in a time when people are reluctant to go anywhere, we're limiting the reach of the gospel and the effects of that gospel in a world that needs the message of Jesus more than ever. So let's talk for a moment about the early church found in the book of Acts. I want you to witness how even in the midst of real danger, these Jesus followers were in a sense untouchable. They were declaring that Jesus is alive, he's the true king, and the civil and religious and political authorities didn't know what to do with them. They tried whipping them. They tried warning them. Let's read about it together in Acts chapter 5, verse 40. It says, After calling the apostles in, they flogged them and ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus. And then they released them. So they went on their way from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they'd been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they kept right on teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Now notice this about these untouchables. First, their ultimate joy and satisfaction was found in pleasing Jesus. Did you see that in verse 41? So they went on their way from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they'd been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. I love the way the message puts it. They were overjoyed because they'd been given the honor of being dishonored on account of his name. The Amplified says they were dignified by the indignity. See, they didn't fit nicely into everyone's categories. These disciples were rejoicing in a living physical identification with the footsteps of Jesus. And when we get into this spiritual headspace, we're unstoppable, yo. The threats of being disliked or shamed just don't have the same impact on us. Notice this too. They were singularly focused on learning from Jesus and proclaiming his kingship. See, there was a real work here to be done, the teaching, preaching that Jesus is Messiah, and a context within which to do it, house and temple. And they didn't stop that ministry. They just kept right on doing it, even though they'd been wounded, even though they'd been rebuked, they did not cease. And then notice this, they were willing to endure genuine pain in verse 40. Real pain didn't deter them. I mean, the authorities flogged them. 
and tried to silence them. Now, many of us, I mean, I know you have difficulties for sure, and some of it is really bad, but this is direct, violent, threatening opposition that these disciples are experiencing. And here's what they found out. Those who are enamored with the person and the teaching of Jesus find their highest joy in him and are not discouraged or slowed by the opposition of those with earthly power. Not only does the opposition not slow their advance, it actually encourages them because they identify with living out the gospel of Jesus in their actual lives. They know that they're part of the story and that fuels their passion and their hunger to say, I've got to participate in what God is doing. I cannot just be a passive spectator. I have to be one of the ones out on the field making it happen because he is my joy when I do it. Not because I get applause from anybody, but because there's a connection with him that I find only when he is my everything. And I'm even willing to be slighted, wounded, hurt, inconvenienced because of my passion for him. So let's talk about our current expressions of church. We want to be able to leverage every space that we use for its inherent strengths and we want to minimize its weaknesses. So what did it say? It said, in the temple and from house to house, they kept right on teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. So let's look at our digital expressions, okay? Our online church stuff. Now, there's a lot of advantages to this. For some, it feels easy to invite friends. It's really low risk. It's like, hey man, I'm just going to put this link out on social media and... You know, people can find it, people can tune in, they can check things out from a distance, and all that's really easy. This is also particularly wonderful for a pandemic when people are afraid to go anywhere but to their own, you know, smartphone screen. This is a great way to get the message of Jesus out. In addition, this is the longest shelf life. I mean, you can literally just leave things on the internet for virtually forever, and it functions as a sort of a library for later sharing. That means all people have to do is whatever topic they need or find themselves in need of, they can go looking for that topic uh, when they need it. Or maybe you hear about somebody, oh, they're going through this marriage issue, they're going through this anxiety issue, and you can send them to uh, a housing place for content uh, that would be helpful to them with regard to the scripture, with regard to God's teachings about that thing. Here's one of the things that we want to do coming up in the next year. A Netflix-type experience for people to be able to access whatever kind of topic they need to at any moment uh, during the day, during the week. This is not created yet, but we want our website to function like sort of a Netflix so that instead of just prompting you to come to church, it just says, let us be helpful first, more than anything else. We want you to get God's stuff on whatever it is you're going through. So that's a place that we need to continue walking in order to meet people where they are. Now, some of the benefits of the digital world is it provides an immediate sense of like, dude, I can get it right now. Some of the things that are missing from it probably are it's less accountable, okay? Like no one's checking up on anybody. No one knows for sure if anyone's really necessarily taking steps or taking ground unless they somehow let you know. Um, also, we, I mean, we just know this. We grow through relationships. Through screens, 
for all their advantages, um, they just don't help us to continue to catch the way that people behave as they follow Jesus Christ in a, in a legit way. And so those are definitely some weaknesses of the digital expression of church. What about our physical location? Now, no doubt there are advantages to this expression of church. Church as we might consider normal for most, coming to the building. Well, hey, I mean, it feels official. It feels legit. It's certainly, in some people's mind, easier to invite folks to a church they consider real. I remember back in the portable days, um, you know, sometimes people will be like, you go to church where? That ain't a real church. Now, they weren't right about that, but it didn't matter because they still weren't going to come. Also, even our ability to do digital requires a great, awesome space. Thank God that we have the space that we have. Um, for others, there's definitely a sense that, hey man, God has met me in this place. And, you know, God sometimes just gives us a greater sense of anticipation in a place we've met him previously. There's also, I mean, dude, at the end of the day, there's just a higher fellowship component. When you're around a bunch of people, there can be greater fellowship than when you're just you know, on your own or with your family watching the digital experience, no question, the physical church building serves as an endless training center to empower people to do the works of ministry. All those are awesome. You should know that we are also going to be renting out our gym this fall. What a great opportunity that we have because we have a building. We're going to be renting it to Casa de Oración. Some of you remember that we have actually been involved helping as we could um, get this church off the ground. And now by the grace of God, we get to help them have church. And we remember what it's like to be a nomadic tribe and not have a building. And so what a privilege to be able to use God's resources to help that church as well. On the negative, it's true that it can definitely be harder to invite people during a pandemic to any larger space. So once you get upwards of 50, 60, 70 people, you know, folks are just like, man, I don't know, that's a lot of people. And so that definitely limits what we can do in this season. It doesn't matter how beautiful you make it. It doesn't matter how wonderful it is. People are still afraid to come, or at least a certain portion of people. But did you notice in verse 42 that there was a sense of need in the early church that there be both larger and smaller gatherings? It said, in the temple and from house to house, they kept right on teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. So here's what we want to do. Over the next year, we believe God is calling our church to try to utilize several organic missional house churches or outposts to reach people as an expression of his church. Notice here on the map, Mundelein, Grays Lake, Ingleside, and Kenosha. By the grace of God, we will put house churches in these areas or others. Now, of course, that's going to create a lot of questions. So let's deal with this theologically before we get real practical. What is the biblical rationale for the where of church? Number one, the church in the New Testament is always, without exception, people not places. The word church in the New Testament is a translation of the word ecclesia, which means called out ones or assembly. It never refers to a building or a place. Theologically speaking, the temple in the New Testament is the people of God. Church buildings can be wonderfully used by God, no doubt, but we should not confuse that idea with the New Testament equivalent of the temple which is the people. That's why it says in 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you yourselves not know that you are the temple 
of the living God. Think about Matthew 16, 18. Jesus says, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He wasn't saying that the gates of hell wouldn't prevail against a building. Or Matthew 18, 17. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be as a Gentile or tax collector. Well, talking about church discipline in this passage, and he says, hey man, when all else fails and someone just refuses to turn away from evil, turn it over to the church. That doesn't mean go start talking to the wall of a building. It means go to the people. No, the church in the New Testament is always, without exception, people, not places. Here's number two. The New Testament often portrays local expressions of the universal church as gathering in homes. In the earliest days of the church, the church regularly met in homes. Think about 1 Corinthians 16, 19. The churches of Asia send you greetings, Aquila and Priscilla, together with the church in their house. Send you hearty greetings in the Lord. Or Colossians 4.15. Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. Or Philemon 2. I write to Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church in your house. Throughout church history, God's people, when called upon to, have met under trees, in garages, in stores, cellars, caves, cathedrals, and in homes. And at times, like in the time of the First Great Awakening, God used evangelists like George Whitfield to bring the church outside of the church building. Okay, George Whitfield would, would go out into the fields, which was very looked down upon by the clergy of the time. They were like, how could you meet with the rabble out there? But George didn't care. He was stirred up about people reaching Jesus Christ. Not to mention, he would draw thousands and thousands of just the common people to come hear him in the field. And no church could fit how many people would come to his evangelistic church meetings. And so, my friends, we have this precedent throughout in Scripture and throughout history. God uses whatever way necessary to reach people because the church is a people, not a place, and God will use anything to reach those uh, that he loves, that he's trying to draw to the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, which is everybody, just so you know. Friends, here's the long and the short of it. While we shouldn't idolize any single version, we should leverage the strengths of every form of church that we can, especially when the times themselves suggest that certain ones will be more profitable. So let's take a look at what organic missional expressions of fierce church could look like. And when I say organic missional expressions, I mean house churches or some version of that somewhere. Advantages of this expression include sometimes venues without all the bells and whistles keep the message in the person of Jesus more central. In addition, sometimes when there's new ministries like this, it tends to identify and raise up new leaders and new gifts. Sometimes it's kind of crowded at the top at one location and we need to create more ministry opportunities for other gifts to keep rising. Also, sometimes it's easier just to invite friends because when you're going to a small venue like that, you're, you're going with somebody in a different sense. It's not just like, oh, I might see you there. It's like, I'm going to this group of 10 people. Would you come and be one of us as we're going? And that's just a different kind of an ask. And it kind of, in some ways, might be more personal. We also know that the youngest generations, it doesn't matter what we think about it, are speculative 
when they see something that they understand as an institution. Now, fierce is not institutional, but it doesn't matter to people that don't know us. They look at there's like, oh, that's the institution of a church. However, when they go into a home or someplace like that, it feels much more authentic to them. Uh, and so they're way more open to it. We may also find in this COVID time that the church is easiest to grow from the edges, not in the main space. And so here's part of our question. Do we really want to reinforce an unnecessary barrier to people finding the hope of the world? Okay, so here's something like what it could look like. Let's say you go to a house church. Guests are greeted at the doors, about 10 to 15 people, most of whom have pre-registered on the website, just like if they were coming to big church. If there's kids, they're checked in by a representative of Fierce Kids. Adults also check in via Connect Card or something or the app. Um, and then the normal digital experience video is played. There's worship, there's teaching, and then people get to hang out and then everybody gets to go home. Now, for clarity's sake, I know there's a lot to this. So we're having a Q&A this Sunday. If you're at church right now, that would be tonight, uh, the 26th at 6 p.m. Our hope is to pilot this in the next six weeks, potentially beginning in September. So can I tell you why it is I think that we're optimally positioned for this? See, first, we just see the need. Once we see it, we can't ignore it. But we also know that on some levels, this is just a riff on small groups. We've got a long history, by the grace of God, of that going very well. We also have many of our staff and many of you who are first-generation church planters. You've already had a lot of experience doing this kind of thing. You say, Carter, well, I don't know, man, this, this doesn't sound normal to me. And I think if there's any question that COVID should have taught us to ask is, is this, is God asking us to die to what we even understand normal is? Who should consider being a part of these expressions of church? Well, those looking for a new meaningful adventure, those not particularly conflicted about COVID issues, no question from time to time, a new person could show up at one of these organic house church expressions and we want people to be okay with that. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll follow all the safety protocols, but that's still a thing that could happen. Um, those, I mean, it sounds weird, but those kind of bored with Sunday or with digital and they're looking for something new and challenging. I want to warn everybody, it won't necessarily be easy to do this for some who even feel like God is calling them to do it. Just like those untouchable disciples, man, it wasn't easy, but there was a joy and significance that they found in laying down their lives in that way for Jesus Christ. Not everyone will like this idea, even that you're connected to. Some people are like, what are you doing? Oh my word. And there's got to be resilience in us, just like those untouchables to say, hey, listen, I know not everybody likes it, but as for me, I've got to teach and preach the kingship of Jesus Christ. Now, we should note, this is not for everyone. For most, the greatest support you will give is prayer and financial consistency in your giving to the church. But here's how you can help no matter who you are. First, pray. We're going to have 
online prayer meetings about this, and I would ask you to attend, just to agree with us in prayer as a church endeavor that we are piloting. Also, check out the webpage, and even just as, as you see needs on that page, go ahead and pray through that. Keep serving and giving. With some servants involved elsewhere, it's all the more important that you serve at the place you're going to church, online or at physical church. And third, if you want to be part of these expressions, these organic outposts of the kingdom of God, would you let us know? Let us know in the chat. Let us know via the website, however else you communicate with us. Please let us know. And if for some reason something gets lost in the mail or something, make sure you reach out to us again because we don't want anyone to miss this who feels called to be a part of it. My friends, in every season, God has been faithful to our church. We should not idolize any single version of church, but we should leverage the strengths of every form that we can, especially when the times themselves suggest certain ones will be more profitable. Over the next year, we believe God is calling our church to utilize several organic missional house churches or outposts to reach people as an expression of His church. If we only go where we know and only do what we're certain will succeed, we're going to remove our need for God. And that is a dangerous place for us to be. Remember, with God's help, we can do anything. Let's pray. Hey, Lord, we want to thank you for just making us aware of some of the challenges that are not only upon us, but are going to be increasing. Would you help us to just be flexible? Would you help us to have the gift of flow? Would you help us do what you're doing? And we pray for these little missional pilot outposts. We pray for your help to get them up and going and strong. We pray for people to come to know the God of all forgiveness, Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that we would be a people that are united in heart, that are burdened for our community. No matter what is going on around us, God, help us to remember the reason we are here is to hail Jesus as King and to teach and preach about His kingship and about what it means to walk with Him. Lord, we believe that you are with us. We believe that you will guide us. And please don't let us alone even for one second. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously to support this ministry. It's because of you that this is possible. You can click on the link in the description to give now or visit fierce.church for more information. If you enjoyed this, why not subscribe, share it with your friends, click on the share button and take a screenshot and then share it on social media or your social stories. Hey, whatever challenges you're facing, I know you can make it. Don't give up. Hang on to Jesus. He won't let go of you. Thanks for listening.